0: Well, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm just now hitting the record button Yeah. Because, uh, because that's, we should have been recording for the last five minutes now.
1: So are we on recording now? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I feel like yeah. you, I feel like I've been on live since the start. I don't know if you're messing with me. I don't know if this is live. You know, I'm just talking about obedience. I'm just, yeah. I'm just showcasing yeah. a lot of obedience.
0: Well, if you remember, mm. um, when i was fortunate enough to be on the mindstrong podcast yeah. um we may or may not have uh had a couple of drinks before the podcast yeah and um i didn't know that i was going on it was just all of a sudden hey let's go do let's it let's go yeah yeah and i've noticed that's how a lot of your life works um but yeah. it works out really well at the end <laughs> there's there's no yeah. obedience so um <laughs> Couche, man. Yeah. I drop it. Yeah. We just get after That makes no sense if people are listening to this ever. It's like I probably should have been recording, but yeah, the obedience with dogs. What were we talking about? Obedience with dogs and incorporating obedience into our everyday life. Yeah. That's not a thing. I don't think that's a thing. No. Um, And yeah, no one says the word obedience outside of the dog community. But. Yeah. I think the way you want to have your life and the way I want to have my life is pretty similar to where we don't need a lot of that from our dogs when we, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: like we just, Mm -hmm. they're out in nature and they're doing their thing.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's a great point. I think that the thing that I've enjoyed, I mean, the dog has been tough for me uh, and it's also been great for me too. And then obviously Chelsea and I were just kind of, uh, we're learning each other too. We're in a relationship in ourselves with, with, the dog, with roommates, with friends, with family, whatever it is, you, uh, you, you want to let people do their own thing, which is extremely difficult. Right? So, I mean, we've talked about ourselves and how we want to live our own personal life. Well, you want to live your life with freedom. You know, you want to be confident. You want to have, you want to, you want to have a good story, good memories. You want to serve and help people. You want to expand your horizon in the way in which you think you want to expand your capacity in the way in which you move, how you operate. You want to have like the gift of higher thinking. I mean, we talked a ton about that when you were here. It's the gift of being a human is that you have this higher thinking, right? And then you look at a dog uh, as an animal in that aspect and they're not, you know, they're really fascinating to study, which is where my mind goes to, whether that's good or not. Uh, I don't know, but it's I study how my dog moves, how it breathes. You know, yesterday it was next to the fire and it had a respiration count. This guy was, this dog was breathing 80 breaths a minute, dude. 80. So just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so you pull it away from, you pull it, it was 84 to be exact. Mm-hmm. So I pull the uh, dog away from the fire and it drops down. Right. And this has been a really fascinating thing to study. Uh, but the dog is, you know, it's cool to watch the dog run wild. And then, right when it gets super aroused and super excited, right when it's done with that, it just, it's wild how it just goes right to sleep, just takes a nap, you know? And uh, what's cool about that is energy shifting of animals, how they go in and out of arousal. They can be super scared, super fight or flight. Uh, or some sort of high arousal cortisol level. And then within moments, they're just chilling, taking a nap, like nothing ever happened. And I think there's something to be said about that. But then with our, with our own life, you know, how do you essentially choose uh, when to be in those sort of states or optimize your way of thinking and, and how a day is going to look, you know, how's your ideal day going to look. And uh, you know, I think it's cool. Every day isn't, changing gears to being a human I think it'd be it's cool to have high adrenaline at some point during the day but then at the same time being extremely relaxed extremely calm being extremely connected to people being uh, showcasing love uh, but then love for yourself love for others and you can go on and go on and on but then having some fear you know having some fear involved in your life but then having some control and calmness in your life and I think all of that it's the more we can be like the dog with the uh, advantage of higher mind. Like I sort of mentioned there that makes living really intriguing to me,
0: man. Totally agree. I think we got started on that, you know, with the dog talk, but also free will. Like I think we talked about free or you you mentioned something about being free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's really like, man, that's all I talk about in my personal relationships, uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, baseball players, whoever. Um, but sometimes people don't operate well under free will, right? They don't know what to do with themselves with freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about that a lot where when you give pe- like right now, this year, especially mm-hmm. I haven't had mm-hmm. to be anywhere, right? I've been at home zoom calls, you know, yeah. you could drive out to Minnesota to see you, whatever it is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's interesting to see what you do or what I do with free time, right? And yeah. playing baseball, it was much different. Like you go to the park at whatever time, and then BP starts now, and you throw your bullpen at this time, and then, you know, you're working out now. And it, it's like constantly people telling you what to do. So there's not mm-hmm. a lot of free will there. Yeah, I guess there's free will within the choice of those things that you're doing, and how much intention you have with with each thing you're doing. But in terms of like your life, you're I guess mm-hmm. you're, you're choosing that life, but there's not a lot of freedom within the like a natural day, right? And that that's something that was always kind of strange to me. It's like we go to the park and we do this thing, and our whole life is planned out for us. And now that that's now that that's gone you you've actually made a life where you have a lot of free will within your life, but in the baseball world, that doesn't really exist, you know? So it's just interesting how you create more free will for an athlete. Like how would you do that? I mean, does that even exist? Do you think?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I couldn't agree more with that. I think that when, so i'll answer that question i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to start ahead of where i'll come back to on that answer but uh i think one of the biggest things that i wouldn't say i think i know one of the biggest fears that i had when i got out of baseball was uh the fact that i didn't understand choice i didn't understand how to take care of myself uh in in many many ways right like i didn't understand Taxes. I didn't understand, uh, working. I didn't understand the business world. I didn't understand how businesses operated. Uh, I didn't understand how money operated. I didn't understand how your, your time was valued. You know, I didn't understand what path to take. Um, and I didn't understand any of that stuff. I, I really knew how to do what you just said. I knew how to have an organization take care of my bills, my health insurance, my uh, travel plans, my, my itinerary, you know, my planner, if you will, they just, everything was mapped out for you, which makes sense. If you're a professional athlete, you know, you're a product. And, and I think that that's when you're playing, you know, specifically sports, this happens in other areas too, but specifically in sports, you have such an emotional tie to it, right? You start as a child and you want to play this thing. And to the thought of making money doing it or living in fame and having uh, people think that you're uh, in, in special and you have this uniqueness and you have all this external praise. I mean, you start life getting externally praised, right? And then as you are an adult playing a sport, getting paid money to do it, and everyone's taking care of things for you and you're still getting externally praised. Well, that's a super awesome fantasy island until you're now no longer on the island you know and at some point you're no longer on the island and when you're off the island it's it's rather terrifying because you go well what now how do i act what do i do and um, these are like skills you know making choice is an actual skill your behavior is a skill uh and you look at that when i got out of sports that was so scary to me of trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? How do I live? How do I create passion like that again? How do I find purpose like that again? Uh, and then if I do find that, how do I make my living and the ability where I can choices? Um, and that was what motivated me. So that actually, that, that competition against myself, that unknowingness, that fear is what drove me to figure that out. I wasn't really concerned with, my business career, my path or my resume, or, you know, how things looked I didn't really care about that. I was more concerned with why do I not know how to do these things? Uh, how, how did I become so dependent? And then how do I peel into becoming more independent? How do I peel into what makes me nervous and scared? And I've always followed that track. Uh, I've, I just, that's been my track. That's what I've, I've, uh, I've steered my ship towards, if you will. To figure that out and however that works is what i've always assumed uh for myself would be beneficial for myself as a human on the planet now to answer your question about can that change in sports i, I don't i don't i mean the answer to that simply to me is yes uh, do i see it changing anytime soon the answer to that i would say simply is no uh, i i think that we have a disconnect in way in which we teach not just in sports but just educationally, the way that we teach uh, professionally in businesses and, and colleges and these sort of the way the system is set up for you to learn right is that like I said, you do start out very externally praised. Everything is on a, on a praise type list. Did you get an A then you're good did you get a D then you're bad right and then how do we make you more good more good more good? Do you throw this then you're good do you throw that then you're bad? How do you get more and more and more more? more? And so there's a, there's like a, a continuous push of fear and anxiety from both spectrums. If the student or athlete does not improve, then the coach or teacher is seen as bad. So now you have to look at this in so many different areas. Is the teacher more concerned with their uh, ego or their self worth that if they have bad students or bad class, well, then how are they going to handle that? If you have a coach who has to uh, climb the ranks or the ladder or these sort of things, you know, then uh, then their team can't lose or their pitchers can't do bad. So how are they going to handle that, you know? And so then it becomes very, you know, selfish in a way of who's teaching who, who's learning from who, and how are we praising people? And because of those fears, I think that we incorporate a lot of these, uh, you know, these schedule planned or these, these controllables so that we can try to at least have Uh, you know, ways out. So if I, if I prepare your entire schedule as an athlete, well then here's the blueprint, here's exactly how it looks. And if you can't accomplish that, then you are no longer good to me. Now I can justify getting rid of you. Right. Right. And that makes it very black and white. That takes the human aspect out of it. It makes it very businessy. It makes it very, uh, you know, number wise, it makes it very non-emotional. And so then when that human Leaves that system they might not have worked in that system people can who get them out of the system can justify that and then once that human goes now you're in that island with you know how many skills and tools do you have that allow you to survive and and a lot of times we don't do a good enough job in my opinion of teaching those skills because we because there's so much you know pressure and things happening in this this other world that force people to have to uh you know, reach certain types of outcomes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you, I don't think that ever goes away to some, to some degree what you're talking about, good and bad. I mean, I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of the world just sort of exists in that space. Like Mm -hmm. when you, when you do your thing now, there is that good or bad, right? Like, yeah, it's different. You probably like there it's, uh, you know, like physically you don't have to perform anymore. Right. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there still is this sense of I need to bring my best self to my clients. Yeah. Maybe even more so because now, I mean, it's the same thing, right? Your whole life depends on it. Like your career depends on it. Making money depends on, you know, feeding that dog now depends on you waking up and being ready for your clients. And. Yeah. So there's, yeah. No, so there's no, there's never really, it never really goes away. But something that you talk about a lot is the ability to shift,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Like you, you're, mm-hmm. that's one of the main things that you, you talk about in Mind Strong is yeah, progression, shifting from, you know, being able to go, okay, now down regulating, now up regulating, mm-hmm. um, and just knowing that your, your environment and how you exist in that environment. And that's something I really took away from, from being there with you. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, yeah, I don't think it ever really goes away, right? It's, it's just something that exists, the good or bad anxiety, but it's just how you perceive it. There's so much, it's all, I mean, yeah, anything come to yeah. mind when I say that or, cause I, I just, man, I, I just feel like so much is, has to do with perception. People see things one way, right? But there's always another way. And then,
1: yeah, I think, yeah,
0: go ahead. Yeah, on. No, I think that was it. I mean, I, I'm just kind of, I'm thinking about your good and bad comment and, and how, uh, in, in sports, everything is that right. And then it goes to your ego as a coach. And so it's mm-hmm. a different type of anxiety that we, we make for ourselves, but, um, it's, it's always there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you brought it home for me at least
1: and in, in, uh, in my language of using the word perception, right? Because good or bad, there is good or bad. I mean, we can very, we can sit around the table and and very easily go the Dodgers won the world series. The Rays did not. The Dodgers did good. The Rays did bad. Right. And for the most part on the surface level of that conversation, that that, that's really not going to be debated, right? That's going to be very easily seen. This is the, this is the, if you work for me, I look at your sheet and I go, you made this amount of money. That is good. That is the, the status quo. Uh, you did not make this. That is bad. Right. And we can do this, uh, on everything. I can look at myself as a coach and I can go, the way I tra- the way I trained you today was bad compared to the standard of the expectation. And this to the next day is good. You know, and the, the standard expectation results by no means should that not be a part of it, right? Like we can talk process, 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 but you need to have a result inside of that. What is the outcome? What is the growth? What is the aspect of, of, of improvement, right? Because that's what ultimately becomes like the driver of humanity. I mean, we are very much so built on growth and progression, and that's, that's based off of who we are as a species. So I want that result. That outcome needs to be a thing. I want to make more money. Uh, I want to have more wins. I want to get stronger, faster, look better, right? I want to think faster. I want to have, I want to dominate a conversation. I want to do all these things that are, that are in the result column, which are extremely, extremely crucial right now. Uh, at the same time, That's never going to end. Like, there is no. What made sense to me about this years ago is when you look at baseball pitchers who throw 90 for the first time, that's kind of the Taj Mahal velocity. What's the first thing that they do when they hit 90? They want to hit 91, right? But they work so hard to get to 90, then they want to hit 91. The first person who makes a million dollars wants to make a million one. Why is it that you just want to get league minimum and play one day in the big leagues for your dream? And then three years in, you're just a you know, you're an ass and trying to figure out arbitration or free agency and negotiating contracts and so and so and so. So I mean we prove in our human DNA and our chemistry and the way in which we think and behave that none of that is enough. Right. So that's not a bad thing because this X amount of money or this uh this lens or this way of living, like that motivates me to take action, right? Which is positive because that's how I can start dissecting the process. And then I can also see what are barriers that even stop me from that result, right? If there's a result that's extremely high and it's too overwhelming to you, well, then you might actually learn something about yourself. You might learn about why you don't make action, why you have these certain triggers or these barriers or what creates uh, anxiety, what creates depression in your life because you have a result embedded in you somewhere that, that forces you to perceive that right now, the good and bad aspect in terms of perception is if you look at it for the most part the way that i teach things is life is a perception like it's it's extremely subjective right so this is where one person at the table can go a hundred thousand dollar life is valuable to me and the person across can go i need a million a year well why is that you know but the way in which they make choices the way in which their lifestyle is is perceived different neither one's right or wrong they just have different perceptions right this is where a division three i'll use division three baseball because they don't have athletic scholarships so why does one division three baseball school be, do really well and then another division three does really poorly well like do their players perceive the standard to be believable enough or are they just at the campus to get a degree and hang out and party every now and then and play ball in the spring because that happens right so why does culture work here and culture doesn't work here uh, you know, there's a reason that people make certain choices or live to an expectation to tie that into myself and how I use it and how I coach or teach well, I'm trying to master myself. And I think that anyone that I teach or coach, um, will, will stay the same thing and how I coach them. Your job is to master you. Uh, I, I have no attachment to that. I'm not going, and I'm not going to allow myself to attach to that either. You know, your journey and your perception in life and what you want is for you to discover I'm here to add value to that. I'm here to progress and push forward. I'm here to make you think, question, ponder on things, and then also challenge me. Now I've always thought about this. Would you would you study the expert in uh, baseball or would you study the expert in life? Right? Because essentially who we respect the most, who we want to be around the most are experts in living they're not masters in one specific thing I, I think it's actually rather easy to become a master of of a specific craft right I mean if you want to be a master at being a pitching coach I do think that that'd be rather easy if you want to be a master at being able to teach biology I think that would be rather easy you learn the content you master the language you organize the the situation and then you develop context within that and then you just learn how to formulate your verbiage so that it's simplified for people in front of you and they perceive you as an expert. That's what would really happen. I think in terms of topics, that doesn't seem difficult to me to become a master of things. All you have to do is accept accountability, take responsibility. That's gonna require a bunch of freedom, which will be positive if you're accepting of those challenges and then you're gonna create this sort of confidence that's gonna be portrayed in your body language, your tone, the way in which you carry yourself, you have now mastered a thing. Then you can share that with people. People consider you a master. Now, a master in life, a master in living is an entirely different subject, right? Uh, there's very few of them that I've met. I don't. I, I, I want to be in that world. I try to push myself to be in that world. And in a master in living is internally your own job, your own mission. And if that's what you're trying to do, if you're trying to be an expert in living life, right? Well, then what result, what money, what dollar amount, what job status, what thing uh, lives up to that type of outcome? I don't I don't I haven't found an answer for that. Maybe there is. But uh, I think that there's two different types of mastery that we're looking at here. And I would imagine a lot of that structure planning that we talked about in the educational and playing sense. A lot of where I think our demise comes from is that we're chasing the wrong mastery uh, where we're not giving people tools to learn how to control their own life, how to think their own thoughts, how to act on their own thoughts uh, and to take control, which is the expert in living.
0: Right. I, when I'm, when I'm hearing that, I, I think there's a part of it that I kind of want to push back on or, or, Mm-hmm. Make more of a discussion on is when you talk about like being a master at your craft, master at life. Mm-hmm. I I don't for, I don't think it's that easy for a lot of people just to you know learn a subject, learn themselves, and then be the master at that thing, right? I I think mm-hmm. that's where I mean you've said this before. I think you said some something to me. I, You know, like I enjoy your art. I think that mm-hmm. the craft is is the craft, right? But the art of it is what makes the master to me. And mm-hmm. the art of it is what makes the master in life as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think if anyone could just learn a topic and then all of a sudden be the master of that, yeah, I think people could do that. But then the, the mastery comes in how you teach it or how you how you put it out in the world right Mm -hmm. um if you're Mm -hmm. not if you're not good at the artistry of the craft or life then you're not really the master of it right like i if it's not coming out in a certain way then it's it's still just a thing it's still just if you're being the best pitching coach like you said you you can talk about all you know the rap soda or whatever it is and be really good at those things. Mm-hmm. But, but you, if you can't take the art of it and teach it in a way and take yourself out of that and uh, create a space for people to get the most out of your knowledge, then you're not really a master at that.
1: Right. So doesn't that categorize that in the two different masteries that we're talking about?
0: <clears throat> what do you mean?
1: Because that's what I'm. I'm a. i am i am think I'm. Take. I think we're doing what you and I do greatly when we talk. Is that you're pushing back at a thing that allows us to go deeper into what I'm saying here? Is that <laughs> you have two level, yeah. You have two levels of mastery. You have the master of a thing, and then you have the master of living. Right. The Repsoto. If if I have uh, if I have an experience of playing baseball, I have a network. Uh, I enjoy it, and I'm excited. You can sit me down and you can teach me in a year or two, uh, every single thing there is to deal with that machine and give me all the numbers and stats that showcase how to relay that into the baseball player. Would you agree with that to Mm -hmm. a degree? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you can master that. Yeah. Right. Uh, now to your point and the art, Yes, I think that individual art is our individual geniusy, which we've talked a lot about, right? Like I do think everyone is an individual genius in their own right. Now that comes into play on the other line the other road of mastery, because the other road of mastery requires uh the, the art part of it. The do you actually understand the context or content of a thing, but then how do you apply it? Well, how do you uniquely put it into your own words, your intelligence? How do you understand it? How do you feel it? How do you create wisdom, right? Because we're kind of talking about two different things. There's a master in knowledge who knows everything, uh, learned a thing. And then there's a master in wisdom, right? Which is unbelievably uh, dialed with their choices. They're able to simplify things. They're able to, instead of having chaotic moments, they're able to stay calm. They're able to control that. And that's the same thing. It's like, well, why do we, we're told at a young age never to lie, right? Like you're five years old, you get caught lying for the first time and your parents say, don't ever lie again. Well, like that would be the knowledge, right? Now, why does it take a lifetime of developing wisdom? You know, and there's, a, there's two different deals there, right? It's, there's one sense of mastery and knowledge and then there's an extreme sense of mastery and wisdom and wisdom to me, be categorized as an artist living their their own life creating their own art developing their own geniusy and that's extremely extremely difficult which is kind of how this conversation started uh with how do you have free will free choice the reason why wisdom is so damn scary and mastery of yourself is so scary is because it is freedom right and we talk about freedom and wanting that and needing it and all these sort of things because We know how powerful that would be, but with extreme freedom is like the most mass amount of responsibility you could imagine. Because if you're going to take the line of, I'm going to be in charge of my own schedule, I'm going to be in charge of my own programming. I'm going to be in charge of how I eat, how I sleep, uh, how I take breathing serious, how I take my mind serious, how I take my relationship serious. If I'm going to do all of that on my own, whoo, That sounds rather intimidating. (laughs) And a lot of us are going to extremely myself included. I'm in this box too. uh, We're going to fail at that because you you have to deal with yourself and your own outcome and your own thinking. And that is very, very scary. So then to peel back the whole thing, full circle here, freedom is what you want. You want to attain that. That gives you that choice or ability, that confidence, if you will. But, That's probably one of the scariest, if not the scariest things imaginable. So therefore I'd rather have, you know, people make these choices for me, these structures for me. And, and, you know, and then you go down the other road.
0: Yeah, man, that, that's a really good point. I mean, right at the end there, you, you really, that made a lot of sense to me. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it is scary to look in the mirror a lot of the times for, for anybody. I mean, probably for, I, I'm not going to guess what it's like for you. Cause it seems like you've got it all together. Right. Um, mm-hmm. at times we all feel like we have it all together, but then you go and look in the mirror and then you're like, do I like, am I really doing this right? But then I mm-hmm. think the people that are asking that question are probably are, are, you know, doing whatever they can to keep progressing. um, mm-hmm. And I think the people that don't look in the mirror or don't point the finger back at themselves, just kind of keep floating through life in a way, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you got something. What is it?
1: Yeah. I just, uh, it's beautiful as well because I think that that's your perception, right? Mm. I mean, your your, what are you really after? I mean, do you actually that's the question, care? That's, yeah. that's 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 yeah. the
0: question a lot of people don't answer for themselves, right? Like, what is mm-hmm. what is that ultimate vision that you're trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. And only you know if you're taking the steps every day to to do that. And mm-hmm. the subjective part, like you know, what like being honest about the vision, being honest about the mission, whatever you want to call it and then being honest with yourself, those are those are really hard to do within free will. When you're a baseball mm-hmm. player, so easy to have that mission of making the big leagues, but then blaming mm-hmm. a coach for getting screwed and not getting there, you know? But yeah. then real life happens. You know, it happened to both of us. We both played professional baseball and then real life happened. Mm-hmm. And then we both at some point had to go, oh, Like no one, yeah, yeah, this, this is on us now. Like, okay, what do, what do we do? And then Mm -hmm. for you and I'm, and I'm working towards it, but for you, you, you just sort of like, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to figure this out on Mm -hmm. my own. Mm -hmm. And it really, it's a hundred percent on you. Like you've, Mm -hmm. you've made, you've made the choice to create a life of complete responsibility of yourself and that's to me that's like where that free will comes in that's where all the choices are like everything you do is based around making this life of free will and you know i don't know like you have being around you there's a sense of accomplishment happiness uh fulfillment but drive too you know and i Yeah, I don't don't know. Appreciate that. I don't know if there's a lot of people working in jobs where they're being told what to do constantly, and they don't have their own vision, or they don't really understand why they're getting up every day. Which is kind of the human condition, right? That's sort of yeah, yeah. Um, It's sort of hard to you, you know to have that drive for something when you don't know what that something is.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, first of all, I, I appreciate that, man. That's uh, it's really cool to hear from your side because I admire your work and you as a human. So, I mean, to hear that, I, I appreciate that. I think that I've had that pose towards me quite often, right? And I've had to think about that a lot because you get into your habitual, right? So you, you know, sometimes you get into the habit. and You don't really realize that. You don't realize. You just go. This is the norm. Like dri- drive, driven choices value purpose passion energy it just becomes a new norm right so i mean when you're living in that space if you will or that flow however you want to perceive that it, it just is it's normal so you go okay like let's get back to work like let's do this let's do that let's let's now let's kick it off like you know how the how important dinners are here you know and how important it is to to shut down, but then be able to turn back up and uh, to be surrounded by conversation and feel like this conversation fuels me. Right. So I mean, to, to, to not look at conversation as a choice in which you want to take part in, you know, then you're missing the human experience. Like we've talked greatly about who you talk with conversations with you. They fuel me. So this will fuel me throughout the day. There's a, there's that I can't explain enough how valuable that is to have people that you can have deep conversations with and who can push you and you can push them and you can think deeper. I mean, that is, if we start from that down, uh, you know, human communication is the one separator of the rest of the species on the planet. So to not take conversation and communication and writing and thinking serious is an extreme disservice to your own nature. It's a a disservice to you being a human on the planet. And so when you realize that and you recognize that there aren't that many choices, you know, the, the, yeah. the thing that we miss the boat on so often about free will choice, freedom, all these things is that you think you have so many choices to make. You don't, you know, I gave a presentation over a year ago. I titled it. There's always a problem. There's always a problem we're solving. You know, the problem we're solving is what you're after. There's always a problem. It's the problem we're solving that you want. What's the problem that's worth solving? You know, and if you look at your life, for those who are listening to this, stop looking at so many problems to solve, which is the one that excites me, which is the one that's my passion, What is my purpose, this thing, this thing, this thing, what's the one thing that's worth solving? When you really break that down, it's, in my opinion, is your health for everyone on the planet. It's your health, because if you're not healthy, you're just not use- useful. So now all of a sudden, okay, the problem worth solving is my health. Well, my health, mental, emotional, and physical, let's look at that and let's dive into that. Let's really peel in and simplify choices here. Okay, Uh, if I'm in a dead-end job, if I'm in a position that doesn't excite me, if I'm doing things that uh, don't push me to become healthier, right? In all those aspects, the people I'm around, my financial life, my fitness, my nutrition, my sleep, all these things, if these things are not providing health, Well, then the certainty is that the game ends at some point, right? So you're just disrespecting the end of your game, which is becoming death, right? You're going to die. So now with that in in perspective, okay, your health is going to be the most enjoyable process of this entire ride is having happiness, fulfillment, joy, anger, sadness, emotion. Uh, Those are such beautiful things that correlate to health right? Now, all of a sudden, okay, I, I look at my health, I'm going to make the choices. What are the things that revolve in nature's necessity uh, in terms of my physiological needs toward health and progress in that world? Breath, food, water, movement, sleep, all those things are centered around human health. And that has been tales all time for the last thousands and millions of years, right? Mm-hmm. Past that, what separates us? from the animals and the rest of the species on the planet in our health category is love. We have the natural ability to connect on the world, to communicate with humans, to create cultures and communities, to be extremely excited for somebody else's success, uh, to share our success with those around us, to feel human emotion and connection and this sort of nature energy type of love that fulfills us to think higher of ourselves and for people, which pushes us to do great, remarkable things. So if you can just simplify to those, to that capacity of living, now all of a sudden, that's the ideal day. Inside that ideal day, your own unique art, your own unique uh, intuition, if you will, develops your career, your passion, what you want to do. And that typically starts With not making money, (laughs) you know, it typically starts with (laughs) it typically starts with uh, people thinking you're kind of crazy. It typically starts with a drawback, negativity uh, from the outside world, which is fine because that's human nature. Everyone's biologically proven to go showcase themselves in a survival state, which is negative behavior. This is why the news works. You know, this is why. Uh, social media works this is why these things work it, it, it's chemistry it's biology it's, it's human nature it's how your brain perceives things. so now get away from that chaos and just simplify yourself to health and health is so much more than the, the diet you're on it's can you cook the food can you share the food? can it be a part of your taste? Can, and you were, you're great about that you know and that's more than just having a diet that stresses you out training, exercise. It's more than just looking jacked. You know, I've always laughed at that concept. The one truth about the human body is that it's going to decay. It's going to look bad at some point, you know, you're going to have wrinkles. It's going to be old. Okay. So that's not what you're after. You're after health. You're after feeling good. You're after function, you know, you're after these sort of things. And so you can categorize that in every single thing, in my opinion, uh, and narrow it right to the simplicity of health. Uh, and as that becomes the forefront of what you want to do for a living, it becomes pretty fun in my perspective. I'll just keep using that word.
0: Yeah, man. Um, it's, I don't, I, you know what I want to know what, cause when I talk to you, I feel this, I don't know, it's, it's just this curiosity, right? This sort of endless curiosity of trying to understand yourself and things around you. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like what, what does, you know, mind strong Harvey know or like what's different about mind strong Harvey, that player Harvey wouldn't recognize mm-hmm. or the opposite. And it's almost like would, would what you do now, the way you think now have, have, helped that athlete you, you know? Um, I don't know, man. It's just really, it's just a, I don't know. Like you surround yourself with thought and, uh, ideas that pushes you forward. Right. But it also pushes mm-hmm. other people forward. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but it takes time to get there, right? Like you yeah. weren't, you know, like I, the story, thank you for telling the story of, you know, we're going to post that before, but thank you for telling that story. And, and some of the things you were saying is like, you were, you were done with baseball. You were going to go to college and have a good time and hang out. I, I, if people listen, people need to listen to that. Cause there were some really funny moments there at the end of that story that I was <laughs> dying. It was so yeah. funny. Um, but you know what I mean? Like Are are there circumstances that happen? I mean, they are right. All the all the things that happen have gotten you to here, but it's like, how do we get them before? Like, what? I don't know what I'm trying to say here, man. I just think that Mindstrong Harv would have helped Athlete Harv. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, Mindstrong Harv is built because of who Athlete Harv was. You know, and what he was. Or what he yeah, was Yeah, or what he wasn't. That's yeah. a great way of putting it, too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a shedding of skin. I, I've said this to very few people. I've, I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever said it on a recording or a podcast, but uh, it's, it's, it's weird to think about when I'm alone sometimes because sometimes I'll feel as if I'd lived another life. Like I know that I was around in high school and college and professional baseball, I know that that was a real thing, I know that that happened. Uh, it doesn't feel like that happened. I don't know. I think you kind of know what I mean by that. Like, Absolutely. It, I don't, Absolutely. yeah, I don't feel, yeah, it's a weird thing.
0: Yeah. It's like a you different know? life, man. Totally separate life. Like everything, I can't even recognize who I was yeah. a lot of the time. And, you know, and I say that to people all the time, it, it feels like a different life or it seems like a lifetime ago. It really yeah. was. And I, yeah, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, I think that those transitions happen in our lives all the time. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, right? And I, I think to have like a big death or identity shift in your own life, like that's a death, right? And so you shift out of that and a part of you dies. And when you die, you're you not know, getting too esoteric or deep in that sense for many people listening to that, but you're reborn again, right? So when you're reborn, it's like a new... It's like you have new eyeballs. You have a new way of seeing things. I think where MindStrong Harv now helped athlete Harv is uh, just the gift of progression, the gift of learning. You know, the biggest scare I had, and I see this very common with athletes leaving professional sports across all sports, uh, not just baseball. Obviously, I've kind of branched out and seen it across all aspects at this point. And you see a lot in business, too, people who create businesses. And then once they become extremely successful in business, uh, they have the exact same or failure, whatever way you want to look at it. Retirement. uh, It's these transitional periods that really shatter your, your lens and your awareness. And it makes you, it forces you to have to change. And it's a forced adaptation, which is rather scary. I mean, voluntarily adapting or adapting to things is rather simple, right? Okay. Let me just do this step and this step. And if I don't feel like doing it today, well, I don't need to, but forced adaptation is, is very terrifying to all of us on the planet. Now, the thing is, it's all going to happen to everybody. So then that allows you to, uh, to empathize with the planet. You know, it allows you to going back to that coach teacher player student It allows you to detach from their journey. If I have a, if I have an exercise for you or a workout for you for the month and you don't like training with me, okay, that's okay. Like that's completely fine because you have your life going. I have my life going. My job is to master living and be a beacon of, of leadership and hope for you and faith. And, and you're trusting me to learn as much as possible about your specific platform as possible to be able to share that advice and knowledge for you to accelerate your process. Right. And if that doesn't work, okay, then it doesn't work. We can both detach, right? Right. And we should be detached in that situation anyways, as it's happening. Uh, when I was playing sports, you're too attached. Like I was too attached. I, every single thing that took place was attachment to something that I thought had to happen. I thought that I needed to have uh, major league baseball. So that my, I honestly, my best friends I grew up with, I thought would only love me if I played major league baseball, you know, and they were my best friends since we were 10, you know, and that in my parents, my dad, you know, is my dad going to be, uh, my dad is going to be extremely disappointed. The kid that he coached and taught and led if he doesn't make it to the big leagues. Right. And so your parents are very It's stressful to you. And then, your relationships, uh, your friends, how you, who you're allowed to hang out with. You know, one of the things that was shattering to me when I was in my mid twenties, I was only friends with professional athletes. I hated that, you know, how did I allow myself to only share conversation in that spectrum of life? I was very disappointed with myself in that world. And so these disappointments are their own little individual deaths to essentially your truth, right? Or your own higher thinking, your own awareness. And as those deaths come, they're very painful. This is where meditation is rather painful for people as they start meditating, because you relive subconscious memories, you feel that come up, you actually feel that pain again, and then it becomes conscious. And the positive is there's an emotional release, you know, and you obviously grow, but it sucks. It's very painful. And, uh, as you look at that as the new life, if you will, or mind strong, I guess, I just try to understand that, uh, my life now is I studied one thing my whole life and it was, it taught me some amazing things It brought me amazing people and relationships. And then, uh, when I got out of that, it was pretty nerve wracking and fear driven. And now I look at the whole world as, oh my gosh, there's so many cool things to learn. There's so many cool people to, to learn from there's. There's just as much excitement in the art and woodworking world as there is in in professional sports world. And they don't even know each other. You know, there's amazing nutritional people out there. And then there's amazing uh, meditation teachers, whatever. There's awesome people in every aspect of living. And when you really realize that we're all just sort of playing this game together, trying to find those internal fulfilling happiness moments and very live very simply. You know, and that's what I've found in the last six, seven years since I've started doing mind strong and teaching and talking about these concepts is you just become very curious and open-minded and you become very intuitive. And then honoring that intuition ultimately becomes the major goal in, in my, in what I believe.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, that's beautiful, man. It really is. I I think that... Did you think when you were playing ball that you were born to play ball? Wow. Uh, yes. I thought, yes. Yeah. From what I can remember
1: at the earliest age, it was baseball. Yeah. Thank to the big leagues. Yeah.
0: I mean, what you just described, though, before is, you know, this ultimate curiosity about life and Mm -hmm. you know i don't think there's anyone that listening to this that wouldn't think that you weren't born to do what you're doing now though you know what i mean oh yeah sure we have this belief that we're born to i think for athletes to we're born to play our sport like that was all for me and Mm -hmm. i think for most you know successful athletes everything is driven by This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm born to do. There's nothing else out there. And the hard part is going from that to that curiosity that you have, which is very intriguing for a lot of people that you work with, right? And you just completely, you know, you make it easy for everybody to understand that thinks they're born to do um, their sport. But the cool element that you're bringing in is, you almost make it to where they're born to just be human. Like they're born mm-hmm. to be alive. They're born to experience and mm-hmm. uh, progress, mm-hmm. which I think isn't taught or isn't learned. And that's why the transition out of sport in a real life is so hard. Um, and, and then why sports being in sports as an athlete, getting paid to do it is hard too, because you forget your humanity and what you were born to do, which is be, a, you know, this, healthy human.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's well said, man. I couldn't, uh, I mean, you have nailed my business plan on a, on the blueprint right there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's,
0: it's, it kind of, you know, I think it kind of sucks sometimes it doesn't suck, but you know what I mean? Where, where you're coaching people, athletes, where you just see it in the way they talk. And, you know, there's, there's a bit of like, Hmm. Like everything depends on them being successful at what they're doing. Yeah. And that's really scary to me when I see that from a, from an athlete because there, man, there's just, that's going to be a really hard road when, when you're hinging your, your life and your, everything you have on being successful. And then if you're not, how much shame is involved in that, which, You mentioned it before, like when you're not a player, what do your parents think of you? What are your friends think of you? Are you worthy of all this stuff? And I felt the same thing. It's really, it's really Mm -hmm. difficult to understand who you are out of that. Um, but the, the beautiful thing and, and why you've changed a lot of my mindset with how I coach is like the human aspect can, can exist within the athlete. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? It's like it makes, it makes total sense. We're missing the human in the athlete and you're incorporating that person or, or that element into the into the athlete. And it's just to me. That athlete is just going to be a better version of themselves, you know, when they when they when they understand that other part, when they understand the human aspect of of who they actually are. Um yeah totally yeah, man. because that's where the curiosity totally. comes in, right? That's where they start going, "Huh? Like I've never really thought about things in this way. I've never been <clears throat> I've never wondered about it. About my nutrition, about my sleep, about the non-negotiables that you talk about. Um mm-hmm. one of the, one of the things you said in in your uh, in your story, I'm going to butcher this, I think, but something about like being healthy is is being I don't know. Being healthy is being useful. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's true. It's, it's useful in the sense everything opens up. I think, I don't know. It kind of feels like we're going full circle, but being healthy is coming back to, you know, free will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't experience the free will unless you're doing some of the, you know, some of the things you're talking about, all of the things you're talking about, all those non-negotiables.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's rather intimidating to be a teacher or a coach because yeah, you are, yeah. you said it in the sense of you're helping humans be human. And yeah. that's not, there isn't a, we don't say that, you know, it, 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 it's a tangent. If I teach you how to swing, that's a tangible accepted thing through society. Mm-hmm. We've accepted that we've accepted that launch angle is tangible enough. I can record it. I can progress it. I can put you into the system where now everybody has a crutch because if you don't hit that angle, then I can get rid of you. But if I teach you these exact knowledge points that get that angle, then now I'm an expert coach. And if you can't figure that out, then you're not a good enough player. If you can figure that out, then you're extremely talented and I'm a very good coach and we can all justify results. But how do you justify being a better human how do we justify expertise and living these are very rather simple concepts that are so simple that the human mind wants complexity so if it's not that then i'm not going to agree with that being uh coachable and then that can become intimidating to us as teachers is am i actually teaching humans how to be human uh well i need to learn how to be human so now can I actually teach that? Because I'm not perfect. And there's all these imposter syndromes, these nerves, these fears, these perceptions that you have to detach from deeply. You have to sit there and go, well, that ultimately, and it's a belief, it's a value. If it become, It's a value to me. That's a value to me, is to be, be a, being a human, the greatest, the greatest degree or money or promotion you could ever have is being a human. And that's it. And then let's not let's stop negotiating with that conversation uh, and let's continue to progress upon it. And then when you realize the simplicity of that, there is a lot of depth to how deep and good you can possibly become at that. If you want to study nutrition and actually understand nutrition, it is so damn deep that it'll excite you to the highest levels. It's like breath. I always tell people is very simple. You inhale, and then you exhale. Essentially, you're now done. We're done teaching it. We're done talking about it. You don't need to know it anymore. Just do that and be really good at it, right? Then if we dive into the depths, we go, well, there's a pelvic floor. There's a, there's a lumbar spine, a thoracic cavity, an abdominal cavity. There's intra abdominal pressure. There's tiny alveoli sacs that have O2 and CO2. There's humming, hissing, extended exhale, sympathetic, parasympathetic. And that's all correlated around the control of the autonomic nervous system being breath. And we can talk to the till forever about that. But at the end of the day, it was just breath, you know, and that scares us so much. uh, And subjectivity scares us so much because we need to have a crutch. And if I could, you know, if I could tie a bow on anything that we've been talking about is eliminate your crutches that creates, uh, extreme freedom with the wave of responsibility, uh, of choices and accountability of your choices. And that ultimately is very fear induced and anxiety induced, but that also peels into self-discovery, which I said in the beginning, ultimately in, in my opinion and what I've been saying and what I preach through Mindstrong is mastery.
0: Mm-hmm. Getting rid of the crutches. Mhm, man i love get rid it. of them yeah yes you're the man so I, dude you're born to do this you, you're probably <laughs> born to play baseball but you're born to do this you're incredible dude um you've definitely shifted a lot a lot in my life and i really hope people listen to this um yeah it's always good talking to you dude we're gonna do it again of course
1: Always, always a pleasure, man. You're uh, it's an honor to jump on here with you, Adam. So, I mean, you're the man I appreciate the time. Uh, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll be seeing each other soon, dude, but, uh, many good things to come again. Thank you for having me on, man. I, this is really cool. what You're doing
0: so keep pushing forward. All right, man. We'll talk soon.
1: Bye, right, brother. Take care.